Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Peck. Hi Paige. Well, hello. Paige Peck is almost not going to be Paige Peck anymore. I know. She is getting married so soon. And I'm gaining a new son. His name is Joseph. And I am so excited. It's going to be so much fun. Amazing. He really is amazing. He fits perfectly into the Peck family. We love him so much. We're so happy to welcome him into the family any day now. This is just super, super exciting. I hope it's not bad <laughs> luck for me to be talking about it, but I think we're good to go. You guys are like two little peas in a pod. Oh, yes. Anyway, so, well, let's talk about what we're going to be podcasting about today. So today we're going to talk, talk about improving your bonding skills. So did you know that it's actually a skill to be able to bond with some people? Now, there are some people that come by it naturally, but... Most of us have to work on it. We have to say, okay, how am I going to improve my bonding with other people and what gets in the way? So we're going to be talking about that today. But first, we are going to have, as tradition, we're going to give an idea for a fun family activity. So Paige, what is something out of the archives of, the, of your brain that you like that we used to do as a family or that we currently do as a family? I mean, we probably still do it. You're just not here. <laughs> true so uh, it's used to for you <laughs> right um i think one thing that we have always done as a family whether you know we were away or at home is we would build a fire and we would roast stuff not just like s'mores but we'd roast all sorts of stuff yeah we did fun to play with fire i mean you know with safety <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that I did marry a little bit of a pyromaniac, I will say that. And I did I mean, inherit it, some of that. That's true. Um, but we, we love to build a good fire, right? Mm-hmm. And to see who has the, the greatest fire construction skills and such. So, and then anyway, the best roasting um, techniques. Yes, exactly. Thing. So we have a fire pit in our backyard. We do. And so we can have a fire whenever we want, but... Of course, we also love camping in the Peck family. And so we have fires there, too, when we go camping. But there's just something about sitting around a fire, roasting things and sharing stories and talking about stuff and maybe even singing songs. And it's just such a fun environment to have. So anyway, maybe plan a fire. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, and one thing I will add to something that we love to roast is actually biscuits. So you go buy a thing of Pillsbury dough biscuits and I like to roll them and roll, take a biscuit and roll it into a snake. And then I would wrap it around a, like a greased dowel. And then I would mm-hmm. cook it until it was nice and golden brown, maybe even a little bit more brown on the outside. And then I would slide it off the dowel and it would be this little rod of dough with a hole in the middle. And then I'd fill it up with honey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's some That's good, good stuff, stuff. Like a scone, a fire yeah. scone. I love that. Another thing, Paigey, you taught us how to roast sunburst, no, starbursts. Yeah. Start with a candy, Mm -hmm. like stick a candy on the edge of this, on the end of the stick 
and to roast that. And that was a really yummy experience. <laughs> like a warm, fruity yum yum. Yeah, just like you don't expect that to be good, but it was. Yeah. It was actually good. <laughs> I also had a conundrum so the other day, like with s'mores. In, like instead of just roasting chocolate, you should roast a s'more with a Rolo. Which would be really good. Well, so I can't have the crackers. I mean, well, yeah. I, I can if they're gluten-free and if we get them and whatever. But but usually London and I, you know, because of our celiac disease, we can't have the crackers. So I roast the marshmallows and then I take a square of chocolate or I could take a Rolo or whatever that's chocolate. And I take my little square of chocolate and I jam it inside the roasted marshmallow. Well, it's so warm then the in roasted there. marshmallow, yeah, it's warm and it just heats it up. Okay, I'm getting really hungry. We got to <laughs> have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's not hungry that's just craving for yeah. sweet treats anyway well let's talk about bonding today yes. because we've got uh, some great things to share a while ago I stayed with a family and this family needed some help with some of their problem solving skills and to solve problems though I recognized when I looked at this family and their dynamic that they really needed to look at their foundation first. And so you have to ask yourself, okay, well, what is the foundation of our family? Well, it's the relationship, which, which means the connection that you have, the connection or the bonding. Well, their, their relationships weren't really that great. And, you know, I think that was their biggest hurdle that they had to overcome. Their bonding, their connection with each other was a little on the selfish side. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was like a lot on the selfish side, actually. actually. Um, the family seemed to be all out for themselves, except for the father. So he was the one that was different. Um, he was definitely better at bonding than the mother. And I know it can happen the other way around where mother's better at bonding than the father. But in this case, it was father that was better than mother. In fact, he seemed to just really have his heart in a little different place than the mother did. And I, I recognized that he actually was a natural bonder. I thought, you know, this comes naturally for him. And the mother is actually having to struggle with bond like she struggles with bonding like she she wants stuff done she wants to stick on a schedule and she's worried about the schedule she doesn't want to be bothered with people's problems so she, and all of that stuff as as normal as it sounds is actually selfish behavior and so she was actually feeling basically like you know I want my time and I want to do my thing and so she was, because of that paradigm or that way of looking at the family relationships and the family time, she was actually stopping bonding from happening. And when you stop bonding from happening, you actually make it so that you don't have as much impact on getting things done. I think that's the thing people don't understand is they feel like, well, if we get everything done, then we can bond. No, you should, it should be simultaneously happening. I know the best bonding times that we have had was when I was like working side by side with you doing canning or gardening or, you know, stuff like that. And it's, it's not something that you can separate from like the daily to do. It's supposed to be part of that. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but I think people think, oh, you know, cause there's that mindset, like let's do the work and then we'll play. 
right? Yeah, and they and think so that play think, is where the bond happens. Yeah, and they don't recognize that it can happen in the work. It can happen in every minute of the day, literally every minute. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I think that's where people get off on bonding. So let's talk about what bonding is, Paige. How would you describe bonding? Well, if you were to bond something, it means that you're going to like unite it or to bring it together. Um, I can just like from experience, I say that bonding is like making sure you're spending time with, well, yeah, intentional time with the people that you want to bond with. So like uniting with those people. Yeah. So you've got this cute little engagement ring on your finger. I do. What is that ring a symbol of? Bonding. Yeah, you are bound to him. You've made a promise, right? Mm -hmm. And and the and if you were to if you were to stop having that promise, if you were to say, "Okay, I'm not doing this anymore. I've I've decided it's wrong or whatever." I know heaven forbid like that would never happen. <laughs> but still, it could. But if you made that decision, you would take that ring off of your finger and you would give it back to him because that is a symbol of the bond right and you would not want to have that symbol anymore but when you are totally dedicated to him you love that bond mm -hmm. that you have. yeah no, I, I love sporting my ring at work i think it's fun and it, like customers will be like oh your ring is so pretty i'm like oh i know <laughs> great. Oh, that's funny. All right. So bonding is uniting, tying something together, literally binding something together. So it's this feeling of being united with others. Okay. So what does bonding do for other people? I mean, we're kind of talking about it with this little story with the family that I shared. Um, but what is it when you are bonded to other people, what does it do for them? Well, for starters, it gives someone a new person that they can trust. Mm. That's true. It establishes the relationship for them, doesn't it? Yeah. So then they feel connected to you and they feel cared about. Mm -hmm. They feel like um, they fit in. They feel like they're important. And when they feel it that way, they are more likely to want to serve other people too and, and to give back, which I think brings us to the other question, which is what does bonding do for us? I know for me, when I bond with new people, um, I just feel alive and happy. I'm like, I just made a new friend and I feel like I know this person so much better than I did. Yeah, honestly, that is a huge thing. When we, when we bond and we have a good attachment or connection to another person, it helps us feel fulfilled. We feel mm -hmm. loved. We feel fulfilled. We feel important to them. So it's interesting that sometimes reaching out in a service mindset to somebody else ends up giving us exactly what we need. But if we just start getting, trying to get that other person to serve us, like manipulating them, giving them a guilt trip to do things for us or ordering them around, that doesn't actually help us feel bonded to them. In 
fact, just the opposite. It makes us feel disconnected from them. And that is a dangerous thing because then it just, then our relationship becomes about who has dominance. Mm-hmm. And that's instead not healthy. Of who we are as people. No, it's definitely not healthy. Definitely not. So both sides are served by one person choosing to bond. And I think that's the, the point I'm trying to make here is that even if one person chooses to bond, both people change. Oh, of course. Whether, you know, the other person wants it or not. And when I was a foster parent, I told myself, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bond to these children. I'm going to, I'm going to see their potential I'm going to help them move forward in everything. I'm not going to take stuff personally that they do. So if they have a mistake or do something that's wrong, I'm not going to take it personally. I'm just going to continue to help them and I'm going to value them and work on our relationship. And then this will serve them for their life. Like I just kept telling myself that if they have a good relationship with me, it'll serve them for their life. They'll learn everything better if I have a good relationship with them. And you know what? It was absolutely true. The more I focused on my bond, I think people wonder how, how can I improve a relationship with somebody where it's not good? And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go and do activities with the person. You know, it, there are simple, easy ways to improve your relationship with somebody. And I just focused on bonding and connecting in everything. When I was praising them, when I was teaching them, when I was correcting them, when we were going places and doing things, obviously, um, when we were working together, just bonding all the time. And when that bond was felt, they wanted nothing more than to learn from me and to have conversations with me and to let those walls come down. They allowed it to happen. And because they felt then that it was safe. Yeah. And that's one of the things a bond does is it leads yeah. to that. No, and I actually, I see that a lot with my coworkers because um, currently in my job, there's been a, a high turnover rate just because it's run by students, new semesters, blah, blah, blah. But um, anyway, so we get all these new people in and, you know, it takes me maybe 30 seconds to a minute to... I guess you could say, quote unquote, gain their trust and just like start talking to them. And, you know, every time I see them now, I say, oh, hey, so-and-so, you know, like, how's it going? Or, you know, how's your wedding planning going? You know, depending on who they are. And they'll ask me the same thing. And, you know, after a little bit, after we see each other, you know, at work and we talk, there's, there's an establishment there. There's a feeling of trust and a feeling of, you know, friendship, even if it is, you know, shallow or on the surface. Um, but there have been multiple coworkers that I've actually gotten pretty close to because of just being able to talk with them, you know, just here and there bit by bit, building that, that bond. Paige, you are a natural bonder. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, you really are. And, and in evidence, evidence by that story, you're like, Oh, a new, new person's there. I'm going to go meet them. I'm going to ask <laughs> them their name and I'm going to ask them things about their life. Okay. That is something that a bonder does. And, and you know what, even though you're extroverted page, 
for the most part. You, you could be introverted here and there, but for maybe you're working on ambivert or omnivert. I am, it's, an, it's ambivert. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can say in both ways. I am definitely an ambivert. I can go either way. Yeah. I um, am too. Yeah. So, so it, it isn't be, bonding. A person who bonds being a natural bonder can happen to introvert, extrovert, or ambivert. Okay. Yeah. And there are some people that just know how to let themselves bond with other people. And you're one of those people. It's an element of trust of other people. So I'm actually naturally very trusting of Mm -hmm. other people. Obviously, like if things happen where that trust could be broken, I'm like, "Mm, okay, we need to watch out for that. But because of that, I'm also very forgiving. And because I don't take things personally, I, I haven't necessarily lost very many friendships. The ones I have, the other people have backed away. Mm-hmm. So, but here's the other thing. When you're trusting and you are forgiving, then that also means you're not judging. Exactly. And I don't. Yeah. It's Which really is, hard to bond if you're a judger. Yeah. A lot of people actually come to me. They're like, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about this because I knew you wouldn't judge. And so I actually end up being a lot of people's confidant. Yeah, well, because a natural bonder is a safe person to talk to. Right. Because you feel like they're not going they're not going to hate me. They're just going to help me. Yeah. And so, anyway, that is something that you definitely have kind of a natural gift that you have. But I also feel like our family was good at that. Your dad mm-hmm. is good at that. I'm good at that. I feel like that was just our family way to bond, you know? Yeah. And so you learned it. Yeah. And I think that's why we all are really good at like making friends and we have so many friends. The amount of invitations we printed out for our wedding should say that enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. That was a fun, that was a fun couple of days putting all that together. That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about bonders, natural bonders. What are some things that natural bonders do? Paige, I think you gave us a couple of awesome ones Mm -hmm. and that is that they trust in people. Now, this doesn't mean we go around being naive and allow ourselves to be. No, I'm still like, I, and I wouldn't say skeptical, but I still analyze other people. Yeah, there you go. So I'm, you know, it's good to be trusting, but you also have to have, you know, your senses about you. You can't, it, it would be great if we could trust that everyone has good intentions and that everyone is good but you know, not everyone is. And so you have to be careful of that. And a lot of that just comes from, you know, discerning where their heart is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that discernment's huge. Yeah. But another big one is you have to focus on the person and focus on them, not on you. And that's a big thing. So a lot of uh, what takes, you know, being a good bonder is being willing to sacrifice a little bit of yourself to open up and make room for the other person. Yeah. And what about your time? I mean, mm-hmm. you have to, you sacrifice yourself, but you also have to be willing to sacrifice your time. Yeah. You have this great friend, you know, teaching self-government wouldn't even be a thing without my <laughs> friend, Jerry. Okay, oh yeah. Literally. 
no at the very beginning jerry's like well how about i'll, I'll get you a website okay well how about I, I i lend you these microphones how about you do this thing how about we <laughs> film your thing and we'll make this audio seminar and that way people can have something because they need something nicole and i need something i'm like okay and jerry <laughs> just would constantly just help me and and as he kept helping me with these different things i would say oh jerry I'm like, Jerry, this, this has been so important to me. And this is just such a wonderful thing that you helped me with this. And he's like, and I mean, he's a professional guy. Like it's his business to do this stuff. And he would just say, oh, it's just time, Nicolene. It's no big deal. It's just time. And, and what do other people say? Time is money. Time is money. And he said, it's just time. Yeah. I really learned that from my friend, Jerry. I was like, it's just time. Thanks, Jerry. Love that. Because I don't mind serving people either. And when people now say, say to me, oh, Nicolene, thanks for doing that or whatever. I would just say, no worries. I mean, it's just time. Yeah. Well, when you understand that taking that time to serve other people is what really ends up getting you what you want and what you need in the end, then it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. So focusing on the other person. I love that. And taking the time. Another thing that natural bonders do. So we've got they trust, they forgive, they focus on the other person and take time and talk to that person. The other thing is they actually reach out. So you showed that in your story at work that you go, oh, that's a new person. I'm going to go and meet them. So yeah. they actually reach out to the other person. Here's, here's another thing. Okay, so, you know, my mother and father used to live near us. Now they don't live a little further away. So I, I used, when they lived near us, I would just randomly pop in. Like I would just go and drop by like, hey. And then oh, like, I would hey. too. It was yeah, so fun. I think we all did that. And it was so fun to just pop in on grandma and grandpa, right? Well, now they don't live here. And they're focused on other things because they're not as close to us. And, and so now I have to tell myself, oh, call them. Oh, you haven't talked to them for a while. Give them a call, right? Because I'm not driving by their house and I'm not just popping in. And, and so now I had to train myself a new way to reach out. And whether it's email, whether it's phone, whether it's in person, you know, there's a lot of different ways to reach out. But, but a person who is a natural bonder, does they they reach out to other people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but and i think that makes the people who aren't as you know good at reaching out it makes them feel loved and cared for and noticed because that was that's a big thing i um ever since i was young you know i think i've had this ability to see people who appear to be left out and so mm -hmm. and it was easy for me just to go and talk to them and be like, hey, you know, you should come do this with us. Or, hey, you know, I'm having this party. You're invited or whatever. But reaching out really does help those people who struggle integrating themselves into things that they want to be a part of. Yeah. And one thing I noticed, too, about you, Paige, that you used to do, I remember, um, like, at church, the youth group and stuff, you'd be with the youth group. And I remember, especially as you got older, when you were one of the oldest ones, you would maybe look at some of these other youth or these girls and stuff who were kind of more troublemaker-ish, you know? And 
instead of just pushing it off like, oh, they're the troublemakers, you had this ability to say, that girl does not actually feel included or like she fits in. It was almost like you could look past the fact that she was a troublemaker and you could say she needs something. What does she need? And maybe you didn't ask yourself those questions, but I saw that you just naturally would do that. And I was so incredibly impressed by you because most people don't look past the annoying behavior that somebody has. So, right. so somebody has an annoying behavior or something that, that pushes them off and they're like, ugh. I got to get away from that person. That person, I just need them at small doses because they, <laughs> because they can't see, they, they don't look to those other layers of what that person needs. And when you see what they need, then you have compassion. And that's what I saw in you with you is compassion. You would talk to that, to that deeper level of that, of that person instead of just to their behaviors, even though occasionally you might bring up to them, Oh, Hey, let's not do that. You know, because you would yeah. leave, lead well, them you, in the right direction. When you focus on someone's behavior, that's what they're going to focus on the most as well. Mm-hmm. And so, but when you focus on someone's heart or, you know, someone's personality or, you know, something like that, that's something that they're going to capitalize on as well because like, oh, wow, someone notices this about me. And so if I want attention, you know, maybe I should focus on that as well. They might not actually think that, but that's what their subconscious does. Mm-hmm. And so I think just because of how I was raised, you know, with teaching self-government and all the different skills that we had all growing up, I was able to connect with people in a way that be like, Hey, you know, I see you as a person mm-hmm. and not just yeah. as a negative behavior or as an overly positive behavior or, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I, I love that. And so you think the best of the person you look at, yeah. You look at what they really have to offer. And that's, a, that's another thing about natural bonders. They give the benefit of the doubt. There are so many people that I give the benefit of the doubt to. And it's just because, you know, I have the belief that people are inherently good. And so why would I not believe that, you know, what they're trying to do might be for what they believe is best for them? Yeah, that's so true. So people are good. But now here's the thing. Okay, we've been talking about natural bonders. You were raised as a bonder by two bonders. Okay. <laughs> so true. you kind of were lucky. You didn't have to really come to it on your own very much, but you did have it in you to be that way anyway. Like you had some great personal personal qualities that made you a natural bonder too. But what about people that aren't natural bonders and they're like I, I don't know I'm just not good at bonding with people I I'm always thinking about how they annoy me or you know I get caught up in my schedule and I just can't think past my schedule or I can't think past you know what do, what do we what can we tell those people what can they do I think that some of the things we've shared can be put into some skills so when you trust the person you can still trust the person and forgive the person like that's something that every person can do but also let's talk about focusing on the person you know focusing on the person who's talking what are some things that we can do to focus on the person who is talking well for starters you know we have so many electronic devices 
um, we can get off of those. I know for me, the other day, I was at work and on my break, you know, I'll pull out my phone and do some stuff. And one of my coworkers was, you know, sitting fairly close to me. And you know, I was looking at something on Facebook and I just started giggling. And she looks over and she's like, you know, it's, it makes me smile when I hear you giggle. And so, you know, I, in my head, I'm like, okay, you know, this is someone I want to connect with. So I need, I put my phone down and, you know, I started talking to her. It was really fun. We got a lot closer and, um, you know, she, I consider her one of my newer friends at work and it was really fun to just sit and talk to her. And, so but, she reached out to you and you recognized the cue yeah. and you, and you actually took action and gave yourself a no answer about something else and made time for her. Mm-hmm. So I sacrificed, you know, my 15 minutes of break that I usually spend like on Facebook or getting some to-do list stuff done. And I said, you know what? I think this person, you know, needs to be connected with, and I would love to connect with this person. And so we're going to do that instead. So you gave them some time. You stopped your own tasks for a minute and took time for them. I think that's something that everybody can definitely do. Yeah. It's, it's so, being less selfish. So I, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily being selfish with my time, but it's noticing when other people need your time more than your devices say. Yeah. Or your own to-do list. You yeah. know, I mean, a mom could be like laundry, dinner, da, 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 da. Well, yeah. you know, if you bond with the family and make them peanut butter sandwiches, that could actually be better than some ornate dinner. Now I'm not saying I don't like good food because I do, but, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it has to be, you know, this amazing food. If we bond with the people around us and it takes some of our meal prep time. Yeah. Well, and well. for, for to-do list people, if they're worried about, you know, quote unquote, getting bonding time in, take your to-do list and integrate your children or integrate your spouse or, you know, something like that. Like for me, um, you know, I, there are times where I get in a to-do mindset sometimes too late at night and I'm up for forever, but it's fine. <laughs> but um, I find that when I do integrate other people in my process. Like when I say to my fiance, Hey, will you please help me, you know, get this thing done. And then we actually have a blast doing it together and it's so fun and we get to spend Mm -hmm. that time together, but also get stuff done. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with the children. If you've got to make dinner, bring them into it, you know, like, Hey, well, and that's how I learned my cooking skills was by you saying, Hey, I'm making dinner. Come help. (laughs) Come on. Let's do this. Let's talk. Let's have one more way that we can talk. Mm -hmm. So, and when you're talking with people, don't talk just to them, talk with them, which means ask questions, right? And then really listen. Important thing. Really listen, which means don't just move it on to the next thing or the point that you want to make, but really what it is that they're telling you and care about it. I think find the connection point. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So another thing that is really easy to do, if we're going to talk about skill development, this is, okay, I say easy, but it's not. Okay. It is, <laughs> but it's not. How do I say that? Does that make it really easy or does that make it like I want it to be easy, but it's not? I don't know. Okay. So, so in all of the skills we teach, there, there is a step that comes first in all of the four basic skills. And that first step is to look at the person. And when you look at the person, this does multiple things. It actually makes you stop and focus on them instead of just focusing on yourself. 
it also makes them stop and focus on you instead of them just focusing on themselves. It makes everybody prepare to listen to the other person in their communication. It shows openness. When you look in each other's eyes, it's honesty because you're showing your real self to that other person because you're willing to look in their eyes. If you notice, whenever anybody has an attitude problem, they won't really look at you, like really. Usually they're looking down, rolling eyes, looking away, whatever. Unless you're like me. <laughs> yeah, but then it's like then it's like staring you down, which is still different. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's, it's trying to dominate, <laughs> right? Yeah. So looking at the person, you know, when I started focusing on being able to see your eyes and looking at you, how many times did I say, Paige, Quinn, come to the bottom of the stairs? Like oh, about so a billion. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. where our rooms were and that's where we would play and stuff like that. And so, but you wanted that connection instead of just yelling through the house. You'd be instead like, of saying, come up here and bring this blah, blah. I'd say, yeah. come to the bottom of the stairs and I would make you come or I would walk downstairs, come to your room and I would look in your eyes and then tell you something. And that's because I was focusing on looking at the person. It took a little bit more time, but it made it so that we actually had a bond and a connection when we were, when I was giving instruction or correcting or whatever it was. Yeah. Cause you could have easily just like yelled from the kitchen, Hey Paige, come, you know, get your shoes on. We're getting ready to go, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But also you knowing me, you know, you would come and you'd say, Hey, make sure you get your shoes on here real fast because we're leaving soon. Mm -hmm. Or we need and to be on the door was, five. And because you looked right at me, it would sink in and you'd say, okay. Yeah. And Instead of me think, going, ugh, okay, my mom's just being mom again. Right. Well, or just not listening, which is the other thing that you did. It's true. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what else somebody else, what else somebody can do. In fact, the teaching self government program, which you can find tons more about at teachingselfgovernment.com with the Teaching Self-Government Parenting course and uh, our other books and things that we offer. There's tons of stuff there. But one thing that we teach is it's a huge integral part of our program is having meetings, deliberate meetings together as a family where the family comes together to connect and to problem solve together. Yeah. So, so like family huge. meetings are huge. Um, but even just like if you don't have kids, like, you know, yesterday, I had a couples meeting with Joseph because we have a lot of stuff going on this week. And I'm like, Hey, we need to sit down and we need to hash this out and we need to figure out how we're both going to accomplish what needs to get done in the time that we have, because mm -hmm. you know, like we're getting married really soon and everything's down to the wire. And we're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> we're talking one week. We're talking one week. Like yeah. we are almost there. We might be missing a podcast because of that. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And then I decided it was a good time to start a new business venture. And so I've been trying to do that too. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? <laughs> but you know, having that that time, it was, you know, about a half hour where we just sat down and we talked about things and we made a plan. And we said, okay, so-and-so is going to get this done by this day. And we're going to work together on this to get this done by this day. And, you know, it was a good time to just sit there and talk and be united in our schedule. 
Yeah. Oh, couples meetings is, those are vital. In fact, I actually think of the couples meeting as the most important meeting that we have. Now they're all good. Couples meetings, family meetings, and the individual parents with child mentor meetings. They're all good. They're all important. But that couples meeting, if a husband and wife can stay on the same page and be united for, you know, just the two of them be united, then that's going to spread to everybody else in the family, which is huge. And we mm -hmm. can't go into how to, how to do all of these meetings today, but I think that, um, you know, people can go get more information about that, but just having meetings, deciding to deliberately take that time is a huge thing for your bonding and it shows everybody where your priorities are it shows you where your priorities are you know right if you put it on the schedule yeah exactly yeah. so these uh these meetings these communications that we have they are all stemmed from a picture that we have for our family and in the teaching self-government model of parenting we actually create a deliberate vision of what type of a family we're creating. And it's this 20 year vision for the future. And this vision focuses on the potential that each person has and not just on, you know, what you want in the minute, but it's like, no, we're all growing and we're all, you know, learning and advancing and, going ahead and what do we want that vision to be like for the future? We're not going to be perfect yet, but what could we become? It really focuses on the bond. Hopefully, no matter what you pick, there is this tangible feeling of what your relationship actually means to you. So Paige, what has the family vision done for you? I'd say it's actually been an integral part of most everything that I've done. So, you know, because you, you and dad made this vision for our family when we were quite young and you said, okay, here's our ideal. This is what we're going for as a family. And so with that in mind, knowing that ideal really influenced my decisions and influenced how I thought and how I acted um, in a good way, of course, not like controlling or overtaking, but, um, I feel like, you know, the school that I decided to attend, um, because, you know, I adopted the ideals that you and dad created for our family because I'm like, Hey, these are really, really good. I think I want these for my future family too. And so that influenced in, you know, my choice of a husband and that influenced how I treated others. And it's, it's so important that that family vision is made and that the husband and wife of that family strive to keep it going and strive to reach their goal. Because if the kids can see that mom and dad are working towards this goal, you know, no matter how hard it is, then the kids are more likely than not going to want it as well especially mm -hmm. if they're connected with the parents and can see that what they're going towards is good. Yeah. The parents really lay that foundation. That's so true. But you know, just the fact that they give you this picture of we're headed here and the parents are on board. It's not just a, it's not just one of those. This is another thing you need to do every day. Put this on your to-do list, right? It is, 
this is where we're going. Watch us. We're headed there. Come with us. Right. And it propels mm-hmm. everybody forward. So we made this picture of a Christmas party or a Christmas Eve party, mm-hmm. 20 years in the future and what it was going to be like for our family when I'm old enough to have a couple of little grandchildren. Yeah, that's probably like five or six years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Well, we are almost there, actually. So we're getting so close to where our 20 year vision mark was yeah we have we're almost we are almost there we are but about five years so anyway that's that's when we made that that vision and we shared it with the children and we've been working for it toward it ever since and I highly recommend it because it keeps you back on track you go wait how was today compared to our family vision? I mean, obviously every day is not a Christmas Eve party, but what did the bond feel like? It was, it's the bond, you know, mm-hmm. what did the relationships feel like? What yeah. did the caring feel like? Is there joy here? There should mm-hmm. be joy in our home. There are a lot of different things that come out of that bond. So anyway, that's that. I think that's a lot to chew on, you know, that is there a lot you to go. Chew on, but it's good stuff. Yeah, there, there's probably more that we could even go into on bonding, but I think that's a pretty good chunk for today. So let's start by looking at people, trusting in the goodness in people, and, and really trying to touch that place and their potential, asking them more questions and really listening, having deliberate talk times with people. Maybe you don't, you know, maybe with your friend that you're trying to improve your bond with, you don't call it like a meeting because it'd be like, no. uh, <laughs> it's awkward. But just have deliberate, like, hey, let's go out to lunch. Isn't that what that is when a friend goes out to lunch with somebody, right? Yeah, or hey, let's sit together on our lunch break or on our break. Yeah, something like that. And then create a vision for your relationship and your bond with those people. And if it's appropriate, share it with them too. If not, maybe don't share it yet. But like (laughs) in your family, definitely. In your family, share that. Talk about it. Have it be part of the family conversation so there is so much more that we could talk about about bonding about self-government anyway Paige I really appreciate you joining me today to talk about improving our bonding skills if you'd like to find more you can always find stuff at teachingselfgovernment.com and we will talk to you again next time bye-bye bye You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.